Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the things that happens pretty often as a pastor is you get kind of put on the spot with difficult questions. Uh, there's tough questions about our theology, there's tough questions about our practice, there's tough questions about our God. Uh, but the tough questions really all have one thing in common. Uh, they almost all include the word why. And if you're a parent, uh, you know what this feels like. Uh, my little kids aren't quite at the point yet where they're at the why phase, but they're almost there. And if you're a parent, you've been through that. Uh, you know, when you get to that phase at around four or five years old, you can be sure that they'll ask why about everything, no matter what it is. And they'll follow it up with a chain of about five or six more why questions. You'll get asked again and again and again until you fall back on every parent's favorite answer, which is, look, just because, okay? Just because. And even though the why questions are tough, they're important too. They're part of learning, they're part of development, not just for our kids, but for Christians as well, for us. This Sunday we're celebrating Life Sunday. And this is a Sunday when we you know, set it aside usually in January to celebrate life itself. And so this weekend I wanna dig into one of the why questions. And it's a very simple one. Why value life? And I want to look at three ways that we answer this question as, as humans. Uh, first, that, that life has instrumental value. Second of all, that life has intrinsic value. And then third of all, that life has divine value. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. And in exploring these answers, we're going to run into pit, some pitfalls, but we're also going to run into our God. And most importantly, we're going to run into his gospel. So. Why value life? Uh, one of the really common ways of answering this question is we value life because it has what we sometimes call instrumental value. And what that means is life has value because it's useful, you know, because it benefits us to value life. We, we value life because of what it can do for us, what it can produce, what it can make. Now, admittedly, when you say it that way, uh, it, it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that kind of a self-centered way to look at it, right? Uh, but I'll tell you, much of the world would answer the question this way. Uh, you've got insurance companies, for example, who ask the question whether it's worth it to continue to pay treatment for sick people based on their progress, based on what they can do. In another way, and, and, and I, I don't want to oversimplify this at all or imply that it's the only factor, but in another way, you get people who choose abortion based on the amount of time or effort it would take to raise a child. But before we get too smug about this one, before we start looking down our nose at all those people who would look at it this way, let me tell you about a shut-in that I used to visit. I used to visit him, and I say it that way because he's passed away now. This particular shut-in, uh, at the time that I met him when I came to Zion, uh, in fact, it was when I came to Zion as a vicar, uh, he had pretty severe hearing loss. And uh, so we had trouble carrying on conversations uh, throughout my time visiting him. But he also had macular degeneration. So over the years that I visited him, if you know what that is, his vision deteriorated to the point where he couldn't see hardly at all. Uh, he loved to read the newspaper, and he had one of those big magnifying glass and light things, like the thing you used to look at microfiche in the library on. It was huge. And even with that, he couldn't see to read the newspaper. Not too much later, he got to the point where he couldn't walk anymore. And not too much later after that, he got to the point where he could barely stand. And, and, and he asked me a question. 
And it's a question that I've heard, certainly not just from him, but over and over again from people. He said, Pastor, why am I still here? That's what he said. And as we talked in the conversation, it became very clear that the reason he was asking that was because he felt like a burden. He felt like he couldn't do anything for anybody. He felt like he wasn't of any use anymore. And if you put yourself in his shoes, it doesn't seem like an unreasonable thing to think. You know, it's the kind of thing that people will say to us. People say to pastors, and they'll say it to you too, probably, if you have family members who are in that situation. And, and we'll try to talk them out of it until it's us laying in the bed, until it's us who can't get up, until it's us who, who can't do anything for ourselves, let alone anything for anybody else. You know, then it becomes very clear how much we rely on our own utility, our own usefulness, our, our own ability to, to produce things, to do stuff for other people, our ability to contribute for our value. See, this is a trap that it is all too easy for us to fall into. But we know that instrumental value, value based on what we can do, cannot be true for two reasons. One, you know as well as I do when you're talking to somebody else about that, that their life isn't less valuable based on what they can do. And two, Psalm 41 verse 3 says that God sustains his people on their sickbed. God sustains his people in their illness. The very time when we are least productive, least able to do anything, least beneficial, least useful to the, thing, to, to the people around us, that's when God sustains us. Because in our weakness, he's strong. So why value life? It's not because there's instrumental value to life. That's not the answer. Maybe it's the second one. Maybe it's intrinsic or inherent value. Now what that means is that life is valuable in and of itself. And it sounds at first blush like a pretty good answer. Life is valuable because it's just valuable. It's a valuable thing. But unfortunately, here comes our four-year-old again to ruin this answer for us by asking, why? See, inherent value or intrinsic value is the just because answer from philosophy. Life is value just because. It's valuable just because it's valuable. You know, if you're a parent, you probably realize that four-year-olds are never really very satisfied with the just because answer, right? You end up having to say something like, just because, now go watch TV, or go play with your Legos, or something like that to redirect. And the problem here is that when you ask the question, and you keep asking the why question, when we say life is inherently valuable, is that you realize that saying that means that life really has no value at all. And here's what I mean. Anytime you take God out of the picture and you say that something is valuable in and of itself, what you mean is that it has value to us, that we feel like it's valuable. Well, you wouldn't, for example, say that human life has inherent value to mosquitoes, right? They're not gonna defend human life just because it's worth defending. They're gonna defend human life so they can eat, if nothing else. So ultimately, to say that human life has inherent value, value in and of itself, means that we're saying it's worth protecting because we've decided that it's worth protecting. And we feel that way because we learned it from our parents and they learned it from their parents and so on and so forth. And you can take that all the way back as far as you want, but ultimately, here's the problem. You trace it back far enough and you're gonna end up with somebody who decided life was valuable 
And we all thought that was a pretty good idea, so we just kept believing it throughout the years. And what that means is, if human beings decided differently, if we decided that life was no longer valuable or that it was only valuable when it was useful or when it was happy or when it made us happy or whatever it is, that would be just as true as the idea that life is valuable. We can't say that life has inherent value. We can't say that life is, in, is uh, instrumentally valuable. Those cannot be the answer to our question, why value life? And as you probably guessed already, the third answer is, life has divine value. So this is the place where we turn to faith, but not the way I think that we would expect on Life Sunday. See, unfortunately, our discussions about life issues have too often centered on the law of God, I think. And there's certainly a place for that. Don't get me wrong. There, there definitely is. It is absolutely true that the fifth commandment forbids us from taking life. And so that speaks to things like murder. It speaks to things like abortion. It speaks to things like suicide. It speaks to things like euthanasia. That's true. Those things are all true. But our four-year-old's going to help us out here. Because when we ask the why question, what we realize is there's something deeper there. There's a reason that the fifth commandment exists. And I think that's spelled out pretty well in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Here's what Paul says. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. We treat life as valuable because it does not belong to us. It belongs to God and it is so valuable to him that he created it. And he bought it back. It was worth the blood of Christ. So I want to think about those two things here uh, as we kind of close things up in the sermon. Uh, first of all, let's think about creation for just a second. In creation, we see how much God values life in the fact that he made it at all. And think about this. God created knowing what it would cost him. You know, we sometimes have this idea that what God does is he creates human beings and plan A is Adam and Eve, and then they uh, eat from the tree that they're not supposed to eat from. And God is kind of scrambling in the Garden of Eden. He goes, well, what do I do now? And he makes up all this Jesus stuff so he has something to say to him in Genesis chapter 3. That's not the message of Scripture. Jesus is never plan B. The message of Scripture is that God knows everything, past, present, and future. The message of Scripture is that God knew the cross before he ever said, let there be light. The message of Scripture is that he knew what it was going to cost him to create. But he must have thought that your life was worth it. And that's why you're here. He knew what it was, cost, it was going to cost him, and that cost was one that he himself paid. That's the second thing. That's the buying back part. You know, God thought your life was valuable enough to send Jesus to the cross. I mean, probably the most basic message of the Christian faith is that you are worth the blood of Christ. Your life is valuable and so valuable to God that he would pay that price. Your life is important and it's valuable and, and it belongs to your creator and your redeemer. And that's why we value life because you are not your own. You're bought with a price. Years ago, a friend of mine got married. And uh, when he did, uh, on the day of his wedding, he, he drove this brand new sports car. And I, I don't remember what kind it is, but, but he drove it to the wedding. He drove it to the, from the ceremony to the reception. And he drove it from the reception to the place that he and his new wife were staying that night. And everything was going great. 
You know, the car ran great. It was brand new. It sounded great. It looked great. It was fun to drive. He and his wife were having a great time. They loved it. They went from this, they got married at the ceremony, of course, they went from the church to the reception, and they did the cake and, and the dancing and all the stuff that you do, and then it got time to go. So the wedding party ushered them out to the parking lot, and they didn't even decorate the car because they knew that the car was nice and they knew that the car was new. And my friend and his new wife got in the car, they headed to the hotel they were staying at, and that they, as they drove into the parking garage that night, they pulled up a little bit too far. <laughs> And as he went to take the ticket, the gate slammed down on the hood of the car. <laughs> and this particular gate not only slammed down once, it had some kind of a sensor in it, I guess, and it realized there was something down there, so it picked itself up. But then it thought it was in the clear, so it crashed down on the hood again, and it did it one more time, three times, before my friend finally came to his senses and backed the car up enough to clear the gate. When he did, there were marks all the way across the hood. It was a valuable car. And that was bad enough, but it was also a loner. <laughs> and not only was it a loner, it was a loner from somebody from the family that he'd just married into. So all night he's taken great care of this car. He'd driven slowly everywhere he went because he knew the car was valuable, but it wasn't just because of that. He took great care with it because he knew it didn't belong to him. Life Sunday could very easily be called Stewardship Sunday. Because ultimately that's the message. We take care of it like it's somebody else's. Life is not yours. Your life is not yours. It's God's. And that means we value it like somebody else has entrusted it to us. We value it because it's a gift. We value it because God has given it to us. By the way, the owner of the car uh, never charged my, uh, my friend a dime for it. He never asked for anything. He got it fixed and it looked nice and everything like that. And so the parallel continues. You know, God not only gave us life as a gift, but when we damaged it, he fixed it for us. He bought it back. God made life new. Psalm 41 is a prayer. It's a prayer about how God protects and he cares for life on a day-to-day -day basis. Even the life of the poor and the sick, even lives that don't seem like they can contribute anything to the people around us. God still says, those are mine and those are important. God says that about all life. From the womb to beyond the tomb, all of it belongs to God. All of it is valuable to him. All of it is worth the blood of Jesus. He says that about all life, but listen, because this is important. He also says it about yours. See, the blessing of being a Christian is knowing that even when you're sick, and even when you're broken, and even you, when you don't feel like you're contributing anything to anyone, you are loved. You are valuable and you are valued even when you don't feel valuable yourself. Even at points like that, God says that you are worth the blood of Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds, keeping them steadfast in Christ Jesus.